back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Sam Hoiberg Show. Sam Hoiberg, special guest, Nate Lenzer. Coach, um, we're going to give we, – I had Sam sign this basketball. I'll have Coach sign it as well. And we'll do trivia. So, folks, 402-464-5685. All you got to do is text in, if you know the answer, to the question. Where's Coach Lenzer from? Where is he from? First person texts that in, gets this autograph basketball. PBA and the vault. So, PBA is the, is the, is the frame of where you play. And the big question over the last couple of years is because it's such a difference to come into PBA and try to shoot at the same level of efficiency as you do at, at Devaney in practice, how can you cross that bridge? Is it more, more reps at PBA? Is it getting used to the sight lines? Is it, what is it, what can be done that helps this program and this team cross over into better shooting performances at PBA? You know, I mean, it's it's a great question. I think there's there's lots of layers to it. Um, I think, you know, just in general, um, and I, like I said, I, this is year two for me. This isn't year four. I didn't I didn't live through the COVID time I, here at Nebraska. I lived at other places. I didn't live through uh, the coaching change, all that fun stuff. But I, uh, you know, without without. I don't think it's worth even dwelling on the past. You know, some of these guys, you know, Emmanuel Betamel never walked in PBA until Friday night. Yeah, he told and, that story. You know, um, Blaze, you know. There's there's a lot of new guys um, that are undefeated in that in that gym. So there is no history. There is no past. Obviously, there, there are some that, that were on last year's team, but I think – you know, part of part of making that our home court and making that a home environment is is treating um, each day uh, like it's part of the process and moving forward and controlling what we can control. I think there's an element of you know there has been an emphasis on defensive rebounding and doing some of the things that no matter the venue those things are going to travel. And when you take care of those things and you start like when you're talking about being at home and you get the home crowd behind you and instead of them uh, waiting for things to happen, making things happen with with you, the confidence builds, everything goes. And, and then I think, you know, then there's no need to talk about the past. And it's all about performing on, on that given day and doing your assignment and doing your job and, and believing in and trusting your work and, and taking big care of business from there. Well, that one and no thing matters, and it's true. Sam, have you experienced PBA as the vault, where it was just on fire and it rocked? I think definitely the Creighton game when we were on that run. Yeah. And I can't remember if Kobe or CJ. They both hit a couple in a row, mm-hmm. but I think it cut it to one, but that was that was rocking. So I think that was the one time really experiencing it. But hopefully we can – make that more consistent this year well i mean i think going to enough of the games where it's the reverb so it's the play on the court and then the crowd responds and then the play elevates again because of everything that happened before and 
it's because I knew that that was one of the games you would come up with because it was the first time that I saw it actually happen where the crowd picked up the players and the players picked up the, the crowd and it seemed that way. Do you pay much attention to the crowd? So, Sam, as you're there, how much attention, just on a scale of one to five, five being the highest, how much do you pay attention to the crowd? I mean, like, just being on the bench, like, as a red shirt, I didn't obviously play with it. So, like, I didn't get to really feel like feeding off the energies I would, like, if I was actually on the court playing. But, no. I mean, sometimes, like, per, like, on the bench, I try to, when things are not going well, just focus on the game, not let anything bother me. Well, the X and O part is still your, it's a classroom. Yeah. Every game is a classroom. And if you're paying attention, then you, there's lessons to be learned. But coach, do you hear the crowd? Do you hear the things that are being said or do you hear it en masse? Yeah. I mean, you hear it and, and you feel it. Obviously I think there's an element of, of, when the crowd is behind you and I would take, you know, the Creighton game, I thought there were stretches in Ohio state at home. I thought there were stretches against Rutgers at home. Obviously I, I can only go off of last year. Illinois. So I, Illinois I, seemed like it was going to yeah. be a thing. I, you know, I mean, obviously the crowd was still there. I thought they were into it against Iowa, uh, even late in the year as well. So, I mean, there's without saying potential without feeling it myself, I, I, you you can just sense that the crowd wants to make an impact and ultimately you know that's 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 the relationship and that's we've got to do our part and and the crowd is ready and they want to and you feel that and that's outside of PBA that's around this town, town. this that's town everywhere. is ready man this that's town going is to so football ready. games that's going to basketball games that's going to baseball games that's going to all to that um Obviously, Sam and I have seen that at other places as well, too. So we know what that looks like as well. And and um, we want that. And, and Sam Greasel wants that. You know, this, that's what's important about a guy like him. He's from a hometown, and this is here. And that's that's important. And we uh, Derek Walker wants that. Derek Walker's put a lot of time into this program, and he wants to reward our fans. He's that type of guy. And... And like I said, I can go down the list on all of our guys. Our coaches want that. Fred Hoiberg wants that. And and we know our fans want it. Now it's a matter of us all coming together, doing that, and and protecting the vault. And 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 like I said, that's 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 my motivation every single day too mm-hmm. when I step onto the court. And that's why these players feel it. And that's why they they're they're getting after it every day. Uh, well, we get we have guests in. I always hand it over to Sam because there's there's certain things that Sam want to be able to ask his guests. And so, Sam, if you would please. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier, off the topic from like Nebraska stuff. But you were we were talking or we were watching film with Casey yesterday, and you got your wall of players. And you said you got a lot of stories. What what are some of your favorite stories with players from all of your years coaching? Whew. <laughs> you might have to extend this right, right, this, right, this hour, right? So, so what Sam's talking about is, um, in my office, I've got behind the TV uh, eight by ten uh, photos of guys that I coached in the G League, guys I coached at Iowa State, guys that I coached, um, obviously with the Bulls, from Spencer Dinwiddie to Zach Levine to Derek Rose to even more obscure guys like. David Nawaba or Alfonso McKinney and and 
and and guys that have had to take different paths um gal i mean you know what's cool and before i get into maybe some of the nba guys like i still talk to the point guard of the very first high school team that i coached when i was 21 years old and uh, he lives in st louis he's now got a family and i coached him in baseball and in basketball and um a great man i don't want to say a kid because he's not a kid anymore a great man and a great person and um and it's bigger than basketball with he and i so like i strive for those relationships as well with the players austin arnott is another guy who was a quarterback at iowa state who i coached as a freshman coach uh back at ames and He's now selling medical devices in San Francisco and, and um, you know, a, another guy that I coached when I was 22 years old. So uh, I, have a, I have so many stories. David Nawaba is one that jumps out to me, and he's on that wall there. So as an example of David Nawaba, David Nawaba made it to uh, – I coached against David Nawaba when I was coaching the Windy City Bulls. He was with the Los Angeles Defenders. And David – had to pay for not only one but two local tryouts which are 250 dollars a piece you go into this whole and he tried out for the the king's g-league team and the defenders or the lakers g-league team and i could i could talk at length about it but david after he played us in in, against windy city he got called up to the nba on a 10-day contract and he made it to the nba without an agent and in today's day and age, we got agents, you know, talking to freshmen yeah. in high school, yeah. you know. So, and fast forward, he signs two or three t- 10-day contracts. Uh, he gets cut that summer, so the Lakers can side Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And that's the year I also got moved back up with the Bulls to work with your dad. And I was the fourth assistant, and as a fourth assistant, I was assigned three different players to do all their, their player development. So I had Denzel Valentine, Justin Holiday, and the third guy I was given was was David Nawaba. And when he was assigned to me, I'll never forget, your dad said, well, here here you go. Here's your, here's your crack at it. Here's David. We'll probably cut him in two weeks. Because um, we literally just took him as a waiver wire deal. It was a way to take a look. We had just made um, the Jimmy Butler trade. So we were in re- rebuild mode, and we were just – bringing guys in to see if they were a part of our franchise or not. So David goes from, and I'll never forget, like David, he played at BYU-Hawaii as a Division II, transferred to Cal Poly and averaged 10 points a game. And throughout the year, he just kept sticking. He kept sticking. He went from on the bench, messed up every play. I had to go out on the court, kind of like how we're watching film. I had to literally couldn't even watch film. We went on the court, and I'd be like, all right, your feet are like this. Your feet are like this. This is the NBA. (laughs) This is the NBA, the, the highest uh, profession in the world. So, like, teaching is teaching no matter the level, and some guys need it different ways, whatever. And he's in the rotation. Now we get an injury. He's starting. And he's in the middle of uh, – he's going into the third year of a $15 million deal that he signed, you know, three or four years later down the road. I was – I mean, this is this is just an off-the-topic subject. Like, this, this, this human – this person, we had such a relationship. And I think that's one thing with coaching, like relationships to me are ultimately the thing that really I strive for meaningful relationships. But like 
we had such a trust level. We had so much time that like he like met some random girl in Phoenix and he was thinking about dating her and all this. And he like literally made me FaceTime with this girl with him in the Uber because we were the first group because in the NBA, if it's a seven o'clock game, you're your non-rotation, your your bottom of the barrel guys are going at four thirty when no one's in the arena. Mm-hmm. All the stars are are on the court with with an hour to go, and he's like, literally, he's like, I need you to talk to this girl. I need you to make sure she's cool and all that. So I mean, just like that's a that's a that's a long-winded answer to that. But like, there's a story with David Nwaba who's up on the upper right that's above the TV that most people walking in have no idea. And then I could go down to Derrick Rose when I coached against him at Southern Miss. He jumped over our two guard and dunked it. And I've got a picture of him holding my six-month-old daughter at the time and just going on down the line. And it's just. It's cool. It's a, it's a, it's also a great reminder to me to appreciate each and every day and the opportunity that I get to represent the University of Nebraska, to get to coach, to get to do what I love for a living, to be able to do something that I love to help support also my three girls that are sitting over my shoulder as well and, and to make sure that I keep my focus on, on, on being the best version of myself I can be. As I said, uh, and it's landing, um, folks on the text line are active. Uh, it is Sam Hoiberg. It is Coach Nate Linzer uh, from Husker Hoops. We'll throw the break. When we'll come back, um, I'm going to give the microphone back to Sam because I want to hear these two talk about this roster of Huskers. Let them talk about it when we come back. 